0: Good morning everybody. That means it's time for another issue of Grodcast. Issue 2.0 What the Grod is Going On? And I think what I'd really like to talk about on this particular episode is I'd like to take a break and just talk about my favorite scene in any of the flash episodes so far. And I guess I'm going to go right to it, and there's a scene in the Gorilla Grod episode, spoiler alert, where Joe West is in the sewers tracking Grod. As a cop, there's a monkey in your sewers, you're going to check it out, especially if you're one of the rotating cast on The Flash. So, conveniently, Joe West is going down to take a look in the tunnels and see what's up. And he gets, finally, he gets at some point to Gorilla Grodd. And they're sitting there down in the sewers and... There is a terrifyingly well-done scene where Joe is wrestling, the best way I can describe it, his hand from his gun and having no luck. And just the terrified look that came across his face at the notion that a gorilla is using its mind to put the gun to his head and inevitably pull the trigger... It was just good acting. I mean it was it was so so well done. And it's not surprising though, because taking a look at at who you have in that show. I mean, in the show you have your Tom Kavanaugh, you've got your Jesse Martin, you've got Grant Gustin, who's doing a fantastically good job with the character, but like Victor Garber, John Wesley Ship. I mean, there's all these great actors in the show, and people from the first series, even Mark Hamill making a reappearance as the same trickster, which is such a great idea, just having the same character, that continuity coming over in some way, shape, or form. It's just incredible. And great casting with voices, with like David Sobolov as Grodd. I think the thing I'm remembering him from is Beast Wars. I'm pretty sure he's Depth Charge. If I'm not mistaken, I remember the credits as a kid at like 6 or 6.30 in the morning on Channel 11 getting ready for bed. And seeing his name appear in the credits in Beast Wars... In the later seasons. And I think that's him. But beyond that, I'm pretty sure he's been in voice acting for a while with other shows. I don't remember him, but I'm pretty sure he's got a pretty good career. Actually, if I'm not mistaken, if you take a look, I think he's doing one of the voices for Guardians of the Galaxy, the TV show coming out also. So he's clearly a property right now, and he's pretty hot on on, on voiceover work. And that's really cool because the dialogue that he had with Joe West and that sewer was fantastic. I mean, it was so drawn out, methodical, and like a guaranteed playful destroy scene. Just he knew that he had Joe West. And I think that was more of what it was to prove to Joe that he was the one in control. And he did a great job displaying it and portraying that look of fear. Because when I saw him have that look of terror in his face. I mean, Jesse Martin though is also a guy that's not been in the acting game for a short time. He's been on uh, Law and Order, he's been on what's um what's the movie The Play Rent I think Rent also like he's had quite a career. He's he's doing things. He's making progress. He's climbing the ladder. So he does a great job with conveying the fear, and you really get a feeling like this is a man who is not in control of himself and is on the verge of loosening the mortal coil. You can tell based on his face and look that that was an that was a man that was not done. He still had a lot to accomplish on this earth, and I hope they play that up more and give him some strong time on the show like they've been doing and it's been great. I mean, they definitely have been, I notice in more Sands a lot as a guiding light but it's interesting in the show because you have new guiding lights as well and leaving off of My favorite scene in The Flash so far comes to introducing my favorite character in Flash, and I'm a biased Jay Garrick fan through and through. I've loved Jay Garrick since the beginning. There's something about him that I just thought was really cool, and what I think the linchpin was, and this is the Flash fact for today, Jay Garrick's helmet was a World War I helmet that his father used in World War I. And I thought that was so awesome, such an incredible descriptor. And I'm pretty sure it was Jeff Johns that described it in one of the issues of JSA. And it's just such a great line. And you read it and you just – this character has depth. He's got weight. He's got significance to what he – what he's about, and just introducing him into this show is such a great character. He fills the void of Harrison Wells. Although, spoiler alert again, uh, Harrison Wells, as you have seen in the show, if not, I apologize, makes an appearance. Or Tom Cavanaugh, I should say, makes an appearance. Whether or not he's actually, you know, Harrison Wells, or he's now just strict, straight up eubard Whether he's straight up Professor Zoom. And um, talking about Zoom himself, the character who's made its appearance this season, I thought it was interesting that they chose to do him because they had just done a, a speedster, the only other character that had the name Zoom in their descriptor. And Hunter Zolomon, for those of you playing at home, is the name of Zoom in the Flash series. He was a cop. He lost the use of his legs, tried to repair them through the use of the cosmic treadmill, and was able to then not travel fast but manipulate the time around him. This is a character that had complete control to the point where in comics they were explaining his continuity as existing everywhere in every timeline simultaneously that was the descriptor and to take it a step further with Hunter Zolomon and then I'm going to get back to what's been going on with the Flash and Joe West and why Jay Garrick is such a great filler for the Tom Cavanaugh role because it's similarly parental guidance anyway I'll get back to that but Zoom in an issue of Flash I want to say it's 199 or 200 where he or maybe it's 198 where Zoom who is obsessed, mind you, this is a character that is very, very odd in the sense that he's driven by one thing, making Flash a better superhero. He doesn't care about anything involving money. He doesn't care about greed. He doesn't care about anything other than making him a better Flash at any cost. And it was an interesting piece that I think they put into the Tom Kavanaugh, Eobard um harrison wells character because you just i guess they have a lot more plans for him anyway and as you know in the world of flash and comic books a lot of the time with a thing like time travel you're never gone for long uh but so there's this whole need to fill the void of that type of maternal paternal role that eobard thawne or Tom Cavanaugh's character, whatever you want to call him. Tom Cavanaugh's character in the show. And so we have Jay Garrick in his place. And it's fantastic because I love Jay Garrick. Anyway, the Zoom role in issue 200 of Flash, he created a sonic boom that caused the miscarriage of Linda Park West to the point where I believe, this is why I think it was 199, issue 200, where he was visited by Barry Allen. This is pre-Flash Rebirth. This is pre-that story. So he made an introduction very quickly in an issue 200 of Flash where he kind of was like, all right, we're going to fix all this and everything is undone and let's start over again. And so he didn't end up losing his children and they still exist in whatever capacity that they do post-convergence. I don't know what we'll see about any of that. So, going back to the introduction of Jay Garrick, and like I had said, his filling the Tom Kavanaugh role of paternal overlooker of Barry. In addition to Joe West, you're going to see some really interesting stuff going on in the series. And I'm sure we'll see Jay Garrick for a while. Because last time I checked, I think the dude's got a few issues. I think he's here for for a bit. Now, mind you, I've not seen the Tuesday night episode. So, I'm... one behind. We'll see what happens if any opinions change, and I'm sure you'll hear that in the next podcast that I'm doing. But we're going to keep this one going onto a new topic, or should I say a topic revisited. Remember, fans, back to issue one where I alluded to characters changing their role? Well, here's the podcast where I'm going to spend some time talking about that now. You have these characters sometimes that exist where it's the fallen hero, and There's almost no better story than a fallen hero redemption story. I don't know what they're going for here, but I can tell you that we had that with Darth Vader, really. I mean, he had his redemption at the very end. He turned and created a new... Way of being Darth Vader, and that sounds stupid, but that's how I felt about it the first time I saw it as a kid. Oh my God, he's new Darth Vader. He changed who he was at the end. Darth Vader wouldn't do that. Where, but, but he changed as the character changed, and so you had that fallen hero who got redemption at the end, and that last moment he had that ah, and we all as a as as a fan base just sighed with relief and like cool. Yeah, that's nice. And so you're not sure what they're going to do now with Luke Skywalker because as I was saying in the last podcast after the trailer, you didn't see Luke for bupkus. So you got to wonder where Luke Skywalker was and what their plan for him is. You know, are we getting ready for a fallen hero luke skywalker world i mean i gotta say when i'm thinking about characters good and bad when it comes to villains make mine Hamill because the guy is a great villain actor he's just got it down and it might be because he's got something to do with being the joker for so many years on batman the animated series i don't know but it's definitely he's got a lot of good acting in him and he's got great characters and even his portrayal of the trickster on Flash, his reoccurring character in a way, because this is a character that existed in the comic book, um, the comic book adaptation of the TV show where you had the Justice League Unlimited. And I know that the Justice League Unlimited show started before the comic book, but I was fumbling on my word. So I give myself thumbs up for a covering without anybody noticing, and now I'm addressing it. Anyway, so we're getting to this point where you have a great version of characters that we've seen already in Mark Hamill's Trickster, where he was a character on the Justice League Unlimited TV show, and he was the Flash villain trickster back in the early 90s show, and taking what essentially was that character and bringing it forward into the new show – was incredible. So, Mark Hamill's not unfamiliar with the villain role. He's played it pretty well. He's worn that hat a few times and danced the dance very nicely. And, you know, maybe there at this point, it's a Disney organization, Marvel subsidiary thing. So, Maybe we're going to see some interesting writing and takes on Luke Skywalker that we didn't think of. And maybe we're going to take him down a road that we weren't expecting. Everybody loves a good villain. And this guy was the best. He was good. So to make him a villain now might be interesting. And if I'm not mistaken, in a lot of the um, Star Wars Novels this is going to be one of those really side note those, those sidebars again, where you had some of the characters, I think a solo child turned to the dark side and became, became a sith apprentice and, and worked on the dark side of the force, and so it's an idea that existed out there already in media. It wasn't something that it was something that pe- maybe people didn't really focus on because you never thought it would happen. Because you had a character that was so good, well, that's what's going to make him so great at being so bad if they do it, because that transition for him is going to be done so well, and there's no way they're not going to explain it if it is what ended up happening. I mean, you know, Luke loves himself some bad girl. His wife, Mara J., I'm pretty sure, was the right hand of the Emperor. And so, you know, maybe they take the story that way. And if they decide to introduce her as well, maybe they'll go the dark side of the Force and she'll tempt him that way. Who knows? Who, You know, maybe Luke likes bad girl and uh, wants to show he loves her. I don't know. Maybe he's looking for a good time. Big whoop. He's he's doing it. But you have, will, will, will he be a good villain? I guarantee it. I mean, you you see what he what he's done as a bad guy and other things. He's just good. He's good, and when he's good, he's good. And that guy plays villain good. Is the only way I can say that. And so, you know, what do you do with that? I mean, there are other examples in the past of fallen heroes. We've recently seen a fallen hero Superman in the Earth-2 world in comic books where he was corrupted by Apocalypse and taken over. So this isn't a new idea, and this is clearly not the only two examples of it, but it's a good story piece. It's that tragedy that we all can look at and say, oh man, that's pretty bummer. So... you even get a sample of that really in The Walking Dead. You have your character Rick Grimes and he started out as a lawful cop and he was a cop and he was doing his job and then all of a sudden he wakes up one day and the world is different. And he had to change who he was. And you watch this character, Rick, turn from a purely good guy into a guy with a lot of gray areas. It used to be black and white do your job and now it's like gray everywhere. What do I do? And so even, even to go farther back to pause on Rick Grimes and talking about that and something recently happened in The Walking Dead that I would love to talk to in another podcast that they're finally going in a direction more like the book again. Um, we're going to pause that though and come back to it. But again, Rick Grimes, a fallen character in a lot of ways, loses his hand, has a lot of skewed what's right and what's wrong. But going even farther back in history, you have, not to get really geeky, Hercules, Heracles. You have the story of a man that murders his wife and kids in a blind, fervorous rage and needs to make up for it and redeem himself from this great tragedy. I think even to an extent you can take the character Kratos, who was a fallen hero and again destroyed, killed his family and needed to seek revenge and redemption. So you see these fallen characters and... Will the Luke Skywalker I'm thinking of find redemption at the end? Or is it just a case of good boy gone bad forever? Well, I'm assuming if it's like any of the other story precursors, we'll see an evolution of this much in the way of Darth Vader, where we once again had a character that was good, who then turned bad, and at the very end redeemed himself with good. But right now, just focusing on the bad, because that's what we're gonna get. And so finding out who the character is behind that mask, is it Luke Skywalker? Will it make a great story? Yeah, definitely. I mean, even just the amount of stuff they've been talking about this new character, Finn, and his background is really interesting. Switching Star Wars gears, but in the same context. We have a new character that's clearly got a lot of attention behind it. Where's he from? There's a lot of cool stuff coming out in this next Star Wars movie, and a lot of Easter eggs for a lot of us, for those of us that haven't seen it yet. I've heard of people on other podcasts talking about how they've had some exposure to it in the past, uh, specifically citing an incident with Kevin Smith where he alluded to possibly having awareness of what goes on after, and not revealing anything, but just saying again, wow, this is a good story. And that's, I think, what we're all getting ready and looking for, is a good story. A good story with a bad guy. And we'll see how that winds up at the end as we go along. So that was my Star Wars, not rant, but delving into as much as I can cuz I really don't know a ton about Star Wars but I do like me some Star Wars and I know enough that I can comment on what I saw and at the very least extrapolate beyond and talk about what's going on getting conversation going for this stuff is very important speaking of good story huge news on the flash a really big interesting plot piece I'm going to talk about in next episode more in depth but right now I'm going to just talk about the big news that came out of flash in the past week well two things. The first thing is we really got to finally see Zoom. Actually, there are three things. We got to see Zoom. We got to hear Zoom. We got to see our characters interact with Zoom. So next week, we're going to speed on through and zoom through our Zoom history. Hunter Zolomon, I'm hoping, is the character behind the mask in the series, but I will update you on the character that existed in the comic books. That was the first big thing. The second thing, Harrison Wells alluding to his daughter, Jessica Wells, possibly being Jesse Quick. Now that has a lot of implication for Flash fans as well, as we know her original name name was Jesse Chambers. And regardless of that, it doesn't really matter. They want to introduce the character. They did it in a way that works. It might not be the same name that you had before, but they worked it in a way that made sense. And that's a lot of why The Flash works is because they work it in in a way that makes sense. They don't force it. The third thing that I'd like to talk about from The Flash this week, and this is probably my most exciting piece, and this also ties into The Arrow Show, is we got to hear about Earth 2's hood character. Their hood character is none other. Oliver Queen's dad. Robert Queen is the hood or arrow in Earth 2 in the TV series. Fantastic. And that's going to have some amazing implications for the show, if you ask me. And next week, when we talk about our broadcast, we're going to get into some flash. We're going to stick our hands deep in flash guts and mix it around and really get a feel for where that show is going. Because next week you all going to sit down and get some education going on. Because I've got a lot to say on those three characters. Not only that, but I believe Gorilla Grodd, our friend and savior of the podcast world, is going to make an appearance next week as well on the Flash. So all that and more for our next episode issue of Groddcast. For now, this is Ben Toper saying good night and Grodd help us all.